0: This meeting is being recorded. What the hell was that? Did you hear that? I did, yeah. I came on from okay. my computer. Yeah. Well, anyway, so there will be bourbon, and there will be a cat. There's Frank. What's up, buddy? Welcome to the virtual mm-hmm. bar. I've got Todd. It's Burleson, yes? Yes, that's it. Todd Burleson will be my patron tonight. Uh, before we get started with this handsome-looking gentleman in a Oh, i thought that said gop nyc that'd be even funnier but a gap nyc <laughs> uh fueling tonight's discussion as always will be the finest american spirit i'm going with the local favor tonight since i am in virginia now so i will be going with the bowman brothers uh oh yeah yeah cool little story about the bowman brothers john abram joseph and isaac they were the virginia militia officers in the american revolutionary war a dub for the united states by the way you know one of many in our military history over the British, one of two, I guess. Spoiler alert. Yeah, <laughs> we, we know how that one ends. Um, so th- this stuff's good. Again, non-age stated, but, you know, if you do some research, it's probably about six, seven years. And one of the cool little rumors about it is that, so the Zazarak company owns the Bowman Brothers, who also owns Buffalo Trace. So the word on the screen is that they purchase some new distillate from Buffalo Trace. It gets shipped up to Virginia. They redistill it. They run it through a copper still and they age it and barrel it there. And it comes out as a Virginia small batch, which is nothing more than a marketing thing. It's it's a Virginia bourbon, right? Okay. So here we go. So that's what I'm imbibing on. And now, wait, I wanted to do this because I haven't done it yet. And I always tell myself to do it. And then I forget because that's what bourbon does. But You know, if I ever or my brother ever offers my dad something, right, a bourbon, doesn't matter what it is, high proof, low proof, old, young, whatever. Dad, how's it taste? Smooth is what he always said. I'm like, Dad, all right, smooth is not a flavor. What does it taste like? So I just told you it tastes smooth. I'm like, all right, so here we go. Smooth. All right. Smooth. Yeah, so Todd's here. Todd coming in from the, uh, the Bond girl room at his favorite club. Can we get a check of the Bond girls real quick?
1: Oh, sure. You want to see it?
0: Yeah, yeah, because yeah. I've talked about this a few times. Not on the podcast, but I've, there's some people who do watch i have heard about this, but I've never shown them because out of respect for the club, we don't go around taking pictures. But
1: Fair enough. Uh, so it's – I won't show anything here because I don't know how much the club really wants me to see. But this is a uh, one specific room in the cigar club I'm joined in Napa a few years ago. It's a great little spot, but they put a lot of money into making this a very exclusive, and very uh, rewarding experience to be here. And uh, this particular room is dedicated entirely to James Bond, which is one of my favorite movie characters of all time. Uh, and on the wall behind me is every Bond girl from every film that he ever did. And pretty cool, they got like a signed Walter PPK over there on the wall and everything. It's pretty sweet now again so it's, it's pretty easy to get these things and they did a good job
0: yeah i mean it is exclusive yes you do have to do what you do to get there but at the same time i've been inside there so it can't be that exclusive. Well, I, didn't, I didn't invite you <laughs> that's true i just kind of followed you <laughs> through the door like a cat and you know, i just walk in behind <laughs> so anyway what are you going on what do you got there buddy
1: uh so you know, i was I had to make a run to the store before the podcast because I told you I already drank all my bourbon. Uh, So I was at the store. I was like, all right, well, what's what's a good one with a story behind it? And I thought, all right, how about the first bourbon I ever had when I was 15? And I stole this out of my grandmother's liquor cabinet. Elijah Craig,
0: small batch. (laughs) Holds
1: a lot of cinematic value. It's always a good one.
0: So okay, with first bourbons ever, my first one I remember because I just saw his name on Facebook as I scrolled through real quick. So I remember we were at uh, my buddy John's uh, house after school in high school. We used to pretend that we were going to have a band one day, so we had a band for about a month. Uh, So anyway, we're over there rocking out, and he's like, "Let's do some shots." I'm like, "Okay, Wild Turkey." Oh, yeah, my first. Didn't really realize it was a bourbon. You know, I didn't know anything about bourbon. I just thought it was whiskey. But yeah, that was a rough, rough day. And I don't think I revisited that stuff until uh probably twenty years later. And now it's actually really good. I like it. I like wild turkey.
1: I do, I do too. I, I had very blurred memories of wild turkey and just remember it tasting like lighter fluid. And then I remember trying it just a couple of years ago. I'm like, this is damn good bourbon.
0: It really is. So yeah and, and so for the stuff that people go crazy over and that you can't find you because sometimes you just got to look like it's right in front of you like this is 30 bucks this is solid right the I mean, elijah craig same thing you can find that anywhere in california it's a little different out here but yeah you know you don't always have to. so speak i wanted to say that before i get into all this stuff so walking through dc last weekend and uh i think it's called the the liquor concierge or the bourbon concierge or something so i was like oh it was a cool little storefront it looked nice they had some really high-end stuff very visible so i was like let me walk in there and check out these prices because so virginia is different right it's all a state lottery or a state control you, you, two minutes later you're in dc and then you're you know there's some a little bit of liquor freedom again but dude they had every possible thing you could think of everything all the shit you can't find at the absolute dumbest That's- prices i have ever seen in my life
1: Really, like the ten
0: year them. of the ten year, because you know everyone loves Pappy Van Winkle, but the ten year bottle they're selling for twelve hundred, wow. and the twenty three is going for like fifty five hundred. But it's there. Sure. I mean, if you want this stuff, you can get it, right? But you're gonna yeah. you're a sucker if you're paying those prices. You really are. Okay,
1: See we're then, just I rich. Mean, if You lived out here, you know how like a lot of the bars and hotels and stuff like that, the restaurants have great selections. Yeah, and they're cheap. And- a lot, of, a lot of the liquor stores around here do a really good job too but i mean while i was looking at that bourbon for 30 bucks i look two rows up and there's a blanton's for 150. and
0: Which you on the same price right there like it used to be right in front of you on the shelf too that's yeah and, it,
1: and you know i might upset a lot of people who watch this podcast when i say this but i think Blanton's. is wildly overrated
0: it is um, i've said it already you're not <laughs>
1: it's okay all right, fair enough. yeah i think it's I, I think it's fine but i also think it's one of the hottest bourbons i've ever had like i drink blends
0: and i can taste it
1: three days later
0: oh wow that's interesting that's
1: what i think but that's you know my i
0: don't opinion. think it's better than the regular buffalo trays i get it it's a single barrel it's the first one ever it was a great marketing thing they came up with It cre- single-handedly created the single barrel market but Really you know, outside is. of a cool bottle it's not better than anything else that they offer i've seen cooler bottles <laughs> okay that's true let me see a bo- here's a cooler bottle the, old, the, the homeless man special little e and j brandy right In oh yeah there's a, there's a throwback yeah i needed this for some uh some cocavon the other night last week i made it nice yeah. look at you See, so the only thing I'm a little jealous about is you got this cigar and a buddy of mine gave me a Cohiba last week and I can't light it or else I'd have to sit outside and probably get the cops caught on me, but. Fair I, I, I the cigar though, that is good. Yeah, I, uh, I do
1: miss that. I took a break from it for a while because I don't like smoking cigars when I have to work uh, in the next day or so because cigars just wreck my palate and I can't taste wine properly. But I basically got the day off tomorrow, so.
0: So what do you think? Okay, because I know like there's a big thing about pairing cigars and wine, pairing cigars with whiskey and bourbon. So you don't like the wine aspect of cigars because of what it does to your palate. but there's a lot of people- who- I do, but I think you've got to choose carefully because
1: I mean, all right, I, I chose a bottle just yesterday. I was in here with a couple buddies and, uh, or it was two days ago. We were in here and we uh, got a nice bottle of wine, had a few cigars, went and watched John Wick for, you know, good pre game for it. And uh, I brought a bottle of 09 Silvestrin Cabernet, which was great. And I, I always smoke mild cigars. I don't like really big Robusto styles. Uh, this is even pretty robust for what I normally smoke, but I just really like this particular one. Um, but if I'm pairing it with wine, no. I mean, it, it may be a port or something like that. Uh, it has to be a big cab, something to stand up to it. But if it's a really delicate wine, something well-aged, something with a lot of nuance, I, I think you got to be really careful with uh, pairing a cigar with that because it's just going to completely wash out all the flavor, and then you just wasted all that money on a great bottle of wine that you can't even taste.
0: Which I'm glad you started talking the way you did because I did – preface this like hey this guy that i'm gonna have on he knows way more about wine than i ever will and he's probably going to talk a lot of cool stuff about it so i hope if it's not your normal listening experience check it out because you're probably gonna learn a few things or two tonight so that's good i don't know uh i don't think i've had the one you've got now i've been spoiled obviously you know like with maddie i've had a chance to try a lot of really good stuff um but what you, and you know what's funny is that I, <laughs> I remember like what was it Thanksgiving of twenty twenty, when you came over with that, you had a bottle yeah. of French one.
1: eighty five. A mag of eighty five Bordeaux, uh, Chateau Bel Air, Chateau Bel Air. That's what it was. Yeah. I can't
0: it. Wow. And so the funniest thing about that was, uh, so I had a soldier who had just gotten to me and his wife, and they they didn't know anybody in the area. They'd been there about two weeks, so I invited them over, and. Good old Sarnley. So <laughs> they come in, drop the turkey off. You know, you've had that. You, I think you decanted that wine. It's sitting on the, you know, the island there, and I like, said, "Yeah, help yourself, man. Have whatever you want or whatever." And you know, Lee is the standard traditional infantryman, right? Like he's, he's young. And he's just here to do shots. That's what his mindset was. So he grabs a glass, of top wine, grabs a glass of that wine, and just throws it back in one shot. And I just remember everyone there looking at him like. that shit was hilarious
1: that was so good i i have encountered every kind of wine drinker in my 10 years i've been doing this and i you know i'm not gonna hate on people that like don't know anything about wine i've said that from the beginning like i don't expect you to be an expert when you come to napa valley and you're you know fresh huckleberries and all that like that i don't expect it and i don't even necessarily want it i want people to be open to an experience letting letting their guard down be vulnerable for a second and just say yeah i don't know a lot about it teach me something I'm happy yeah. to do that and i am in no way an expert you know i i've got a couple of certifications that mean fuck all compared to the master songs that i've worked with
0: that's my certification, buddy. Right there. There you go. Hey, there it is. Awesome. Hey, you up. What's up, all Bond ladies? <laughs> okay, uh, yeah. So that's that's good. I want so let me let me kind of transition over to, to A, because I know there's a lot of stuff we could talk about, but I wanted to kind of get into what brought you out to Napa. Like I know you went to school. I I presume it wasn't because you wanted to end up in Napa being a, a wine aficionado and importing wine as you do now as well. And I know you worked in some some pretty high-end restaurants along the way, and you've eaten in some that I, I wanna talk about too, because your most recent is definitely on the list I need to take my daughter to, since it's in the city of Chicago. But, but anyway, yeah. so yeah, start there. How the hell did you end up where you are now?
1: Uh, well, I graduated college 2010, uh, High Point University in North Carolina. Uh, with the business degree that I had no idea what the hell I was going to do with and had no plans uh, at cool. all. I went back home to Virginia, where I'm from, and I was, you know, living in a small town, waiting tables for the business degree, like, well, what the hell am I going to be doing? Uh, the job market was still largely in the toilet from the recession. Thanks
0: a lot, I- everyone.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> so I, I just really find my vision, but my entire like since I was 15, I'd worked in restaurants, and I always liked it. I always liked hospitality, and I had some wildly overblown pipe dreams that I might want to be a chef one day. Um, Which you can cook. I can vouch for that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm okay. I'm not, I'm not on any professional level, but uh, I moved out to California because I had a buddy of mine that was living in San Francisco and talking about Oh, he escaped the little town that we lived in and how amazing it was and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, sounds good. So I saved every dollar of tip money I had put it in a jar and bought a one way ticket to San Francisco. And, uh, you know, packed a couple bags, said goodbyes and then just said, all right, I'm gonna go figure it out. So I kind of bounced around the Bay area a little bit I worked in some fine dining restaurants. Um, and then I, an opportunity came along for me to move to Napa and work at one of my my dream jobs, you know, um, which was a Thomas Keller three Michelin star restaurant, which I, I dreamed of. So I moved to Napa for that job and worked there for about a year, uh, sucked for a year. Um, the job that I sucked, I, I was not, a, not cut out for that. Um, <laughs> And then so after about a year, I'm, I'm back in this, this situation where I'm like, what the hell am I going to do? And I'm wine tasting. I'm, I'm out doing wine tasting because when I had moved to Napa, I took a big interest in wine and all of the subtle nuances to, you know, terroir, which is just our fancy word in the industry for dirt. Um, but it's, it's like how amazingly different one wine is in that field, in that vineyard over there, versus that, then right down the street. Mm-hmm. And it all comes down to, you know, soil composition, microclimate, all this kind of stuff. So I'm listening to all this at every winery I go to and getting interested and then I'm like, you know what, I could do something like this. I, I have a real interest in it. Um, I see most of the people working here just standing around drinking wine all day. This looks fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and eventually I ended up where I'm working now. I did a tour there and liked it so much I asked for a job while I was there and they hired me like the next week oh, and now funny. I've been there eight years and now I've got a whole other thing going on with my import business mm-hmm. so it's well
0: we're not gonna talk about that all right so that's Todd Broston. thanks for joining us tonight and uh all right we'll see, see you see later, later punk <laughs> All right, let me back it up. All right, because this is those Irish goodbye me like every other time we hang out. Actually, you kicked it. You kind of like cut down the, the, <laughs> the metal rock out party we had going on the last time. So this is I don't let's know Irish not get into
1: who who did what. Let's not, yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> pointing the fingers. um So let me back up to you. Got into the the Thomas Keller thing you mentioned. You don't have to talk about the restaurant itself, but what made that. Such a a difficult experience because I mean, obviously, you walk into that environment. Maybe were you just not prepared, or or was there no No, training? Honestly, that you just there was.
1: Well, I had been in restaurants for about 13 years at that point, and I'd only recently gotten into fine dining.
0: Yeah,
1: it was a big leap to go from what I was doing before the kind of restaurants I was working in to now you're working. Uh, at, you know, Michelin quality restaurants with long tasting menus and really obscure ingredients and having to know not only every ingredient in that dish, but how exactly it was prepared by each individual chef and all that. And the thing is, that wasn't a problem. I was happy to, I really enjoyed that aspect of the job, but it basically just became uh, after about a year of doing that, I was burned out and uh, it's anybody in restaurant business will tell you that you know working those really long hours and getting your ass kicked for you know anywhere from 10 to 12 hours a day Um, I did that for 14 years and I just kind of wanted to see a different part of the world I wanted to see something different you know the money is fine but it's not great it's not a you know something that I want to retire on and I always wanted to build something from the ground up. I always wanted to be a part of, you know, having my own company. So it, it was mostly the complacency that kind of set in after a while. Like, all right, it's just another day doing this thing, which always sucks because like when you get the job, you're so stoked and you're like, oh my God, this is going to change my life. I'm going to learn so much. And I did. But after a year, it just becomes another job.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You
1: know? I, I remember hearing, I can't remember. I was listening to some podcasts somebody was talking about like, nope, so was if you're like, no, I cheat on you all the time. With <laughs> I got a lot of, I got a lot of chicks on the side. Um you should, somebody was talking about like, uh, you know, you live in, if you, if you buy a $15 million house, you move into it and you're like, holy shit, I got, a seven-car garage and a basketball court and all this stuff. After a couple of years, it's just another house. It's just another yeah. Morgan thing. Yeah. Like it's, it, the, Well, the luster wears off, right? You know, Exactly. That's what I'm saying. The luster kind of starts to the, – the, the glimmer starts to fade a little. So um, I, I, I don't have any ill will whatsoever towards that restaurant or any restaurant that I've ever worked for. Every single thing that I've gone through has been a learning experience in my life, and I'm grateful for every single one of them. But I knew that I needed a change in my life. I needed to find a passion again, and I found that in the wine industry. I couldn't be
0: happy Yeah, um, I think that goes back to something I touched on a few episodes ago, and I know I say it on Twitter a lot. Which, by the way, you can follow me at Eric T W B B. Todd's not on Twitter. He, he'd probably kill it if he ever did, but he's way busy doing other things. It kicked off in 44 hours. <laughs> not now. Now that you know. Elon is giving back our. Good,
1: Elon wouldn't like me. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: but also, please like and subscribe and share this with your bourbon drinking and non-bourbon drinking uh, friends alike. Anyway, um, but it's about more. I think I know me specifically. Like, and you sounds like you're kind of along this way or along this similar mindset. The journey's way more exciting than the destination, right? At least for me. Yeah, I would, like, I would love- agree with that. Yeah, like so. I love the, the build up, the train, whatever it is, whether it's something physical, like whether it's a, a goal or what, whatever it's like you're trying to do. Yeah, I've driven across the country, literally, literally across the country the last three years, and I love every second of it. And then when it's over, I'm like, what the fuck? When do I get to do that again? <laughs> that's the type of thing, like, because I just love everything along the way. And then when we get when we get there, it's just like, all right, well, what am I going to do next? And that's kind of how I am. Yeah. And it sounds like there's a little well, bit
1: you ever want to take like a 55
0: cadillac Eldorado across the country or something just give me buddy it's, you know fear yeah and this may sound pretty bad but i kind of don't really want to do that drip with anyone i just want to do it by myself i'm a little hurt but i get it <laughs> yeah because i have a real problem with being a passenger in anyone's car like that goes back to high school with i just don't trust people <laughs> yeah um your connection may be dying i completely relate to that like all the bond villains in the movie so you might want to work on that connection in the meantime um but yeah so I, it's the 56k dial up you're on man it's really starting to drag it out
1: <laughs> but all right well hold on a second. yeah all we right.
0: can't we we can't hear you but we can hear me <clears throat> but we can't hear you i can hear you I you, can hear you just fine. Everything's fine. now you're good. Now I can hear you. Okay. So all right. So with that, okay. and then we, we've transitioned over. You you found yourself into the into the wine industry. And so you really found a passion into that. And I'm just curious what because you you brought up something in the past, like, hey, I I just want people to come with an open mind and learn stuff. But before they even get to that point, what do you hope they kind of take away when they I guess when they leave uh, any type of C- or like a tasting with you, what do you want them to take away, right? So that they can go on and, and select wines or know what they're looking for in the future because anyone goes into any store, you're overwhelmed with the amount of selections, right? So, And most of yeah. them suck, let's be honest, most suck.
1: Hands down, uh, hands down my, the most important thing I value when people leave a tasting with me is did they have fun? Because if they don't have fun, they're not going to remember and they're not going to uh, appreciate the wines that you even put it. First. The amount of times that I have seen uh, a tasting fail because the tour guide or the educator is just not presenting the facts in a interesting manner or it's very low energy or very monotone or something, you know, bring hey, it up. Joe Biden, Try and
0: Joe Biden low energy. Sleepy Joe, right, yeah. Yeah, you <laughs>
1: Is that another crack on my internet connection?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could. Well, anyway, go ahead. Carry, carry on. Carry on. Carry on. Back. Um, <laughs> Todd Burrows. I would say you got to.
1: <laughs> don't keep name dropping me if it's off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would say you got it. You got to be able to appreciate wine from the start and be able to share that in a lively manner, and and, and show your true passion if you're doing it. Um, I want people to walk away saying, I learned something, I tasted some great wine, and I had fun. That's the most important thing to me. Um, after that, then you can get into the uh, the tertiary aspects of it, if you, want. if you want to call it that. You can get yeah, into... Huh? Well, you can get into... Were we able to try something that was using uh, sustainable practices? We're able to try something that was, you know, presenting natural wines or something that's good for the environment or what is that? Those those can be secondary objectives there, but I think number one has to be um, you can relate to people and show them that this wine is not just for the elite and for the <laughs> hobby and pretentious wine is something that's enjoyed by everyone and you don't have to spend three hundred dollars on a bottle of cabernet now to get that yeah most wine you know most of the wine that i have in my collection I, I pick up between 20 to 60 bucks i would say pretty much every day i have a few outliers there but there's great Bargains on wine everywhere that you go around the world. Not so much Napa these days. Yeah cool. <laughs> Yeah, Napa's snap is definitely an outlier Bordeaux can be an outlier sometimes, but um, I think the wines that people are most familiar with you know, From this region tend to be really really expensive. And then you don't they're yeah. only expensive Because of the supply and demand Napa doesn't make that much wine. That's true and Very true.
0: Uh, not a huge area. what Yeah, saying? I would say not not as big of an area as people think. I would say no. they, they assume if it, if it comes from California, it comes from Napa, and they don't realize that California is a pretty large state. What was it? I I don't I don't I mean, I thought I saw, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. That is it? Four percent of wine from California is from Napa. Four percent. Correct. Okay, so. And that they don't do a lot of shipping outside of the – or to the East Coast, right? Like it's it's not many of those estates. Definitely not. Don't get out there.
1: Yeah, definitely not the East Coast. Basically, it comes down to like your scale, like what size winery you are. Yeah. Um, that you are able to afford that kind of distribution. Um, but, I mean, the, the familiar favorites that people know – Around here, like Camus and Duckhorn, and yeah, like that's that. that's all over here. Yeah, you can see that. Yeah, yeah, you can find that anywhere. Mendavi certainly, mm-hmm. uh, Kendall Jackson, stuff like that, that. You know, they're they're everywhere. Um, but not all that wine is necessarily coming from Napa, and there's things they're doing to manipulate that wine to get it the palatability to reach most consumers. I'm not.
0: Like what, Todd? What are they doing to it?
1: Uh, no, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna broad stroke. It. I will say there are there are some certain well known um, wine production facilities that use uh, certain concentrates, additives into wine that give oh, it a. How,
0: why? How did we get to that point where we have to do that? Why? 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 What for? Well, because consumers are
1: looking for a certain uh, style of wine. And I think in the last 30 years, people have now started recognizing that if the, white, if the wine that they're drinking from Napa isn't inky, black, and paints your teeth black as soon as you drink it, that it must be shit. And that's not how it works at all. Um yeah, I don't like you know that. you can blame that. You can blame that on Robert Parker if you want to. You can, blame on a lot of, you can point a lot of fingers, but the fact of the matter is, people want, was, again, broad strokes here, uh, deep, rich, black, inky, Cabernets. That's what's has been trending in Napa for so long. And in order to reach that, when you're mass producing wine, you can't always get that. But if you want it to be the same every single year, sometimes you got to add some stuff to do that and
0: it's not like that's dumb I don't like that on its surface I think it's stupid
1: nobody does in the wine industry but that's (laughs) that's what you got to do to sell it in some of those cases and again I'm not name pointing but uh, I must say there are concentrates out there that you add to wine that just gives it a deeper richer blacker note to it they call it mega purple around here
0: Um, sounds like some hippie lettuce you Californians would be smoking some mega purple
1: <laughs> that's a whole different industry, buddy. But we it got is. that locked down to go. <laughs> uh, but, like, the, the, the problem with that is because normally, like, you would say, Well, who cares? Whatever, just add concentrate, whatever. Uh, the problem is that that stuff has a wild amount of sugar in it. Yes. And, like, up to like one glass is equal to like three cans of Coke. So, that's
0: that's called a hangover. That's what happens. Yeah,
1: let's call called diabetes in a bottle. So you got to <laughs> knock it off. So there are wonderful natural approaches to wine that you can take. You know, natural wine is really trending right now. I don't know how long that's going to last. I don't know if it has the what's the word? Quaffability uh, that a lot of people are looking for. You know, it's it's not. I don't I don't think that it's going to measure up against some of the time honored napa cabernets and stuff like that um, that aren't using the same natural approaches um, we'll see i don't know this industry is constantly evolving and constantly changing mm-hmm. new things popping up left and right all the time
0: so i mean one of the things i like because uh and my brother turned me on this one you have heard of dry creek up in okay yeah well, i was just there yeah. I love that place. I love the, the I love the Zins. I, I love Zin. Right. And so I could find that at Costco. I mean, you get 17 bucks a bottle. I got my whole fridge yeah. is stuffed full of it right now. And that stuff's delicious. Like I really, really like that. And yeah. there was one I was going to ask you about, cause I keep buying it That was the first wine I bought when I came out to Virginia, just not to sh- completely shift it off of California. where I want to keep the focus, but have you heard of this Bluestone winery? Bluestone vineyard. I don't think I have one in there right now. But anyway, it's. Is that Virginia or California? No, it's in Virginia. Um, oh, okay. No, I'm assuming probably Charlottesville area. I'm going to look it up. Bluestone Vineyard. Oh. Contact. Now, wait, yeah, it, it is in Bridgewater. Virginia. Oh,
1: Bridgewater. Yeah, I know. I know exactly where that is.
0: Well, anyway, I, I, I the first weekend I was here, I picked a bottle of it up. It was like 2018, picked it up. And I was like, whoa, this reminds me of Napa. Next one I got was 2019 because all the 2018 was gone. I was like, man, it it's not changing. And then now they're on this 2020. I have Maddie try it. Um, you know, Maddie's way more refined palate than mine. But if I were to give you this, I would think you might agree with me that it's got some Napa t- like character to it. Like it actually tastes really, really good because all I've been told was like, oh, the wine out here is shit. And like the first bottle I pick up, I'm like, actually for 27 bucks, this is pretty damn good. You know? That's great, man. Like yeah. I,
1: I'm the first person to tell people drink wine from everywhere. Like yeah. there's no guarantee. There's And the thing is, if you've been to Napa, you're now setting the bar yeah. right there at Napa level, which I mean, isn't really fair because um, – I'm not saying that Napa is the best wine in the world, but it certainly is making extraordinarily prestigious wines for a reason. Uh, It's just like the perfect climate, altitude, temperature, everything is just perfect. But Virginia, I mean, that was, you know, Thomas Jefferson planted the first vines out there. Um, And that's 40 minutes from where I spent most of my life is right outside Charlottesville. Uh, It's a beautiful area uh and i'm glad what grape was it that you were have was a cab it is it a cabinet was... cabinet yep, yep. So that's fantastic because i mean the thing is i've been telling people like the white wines are actually showing quite well in virginia right now from what i've it's seen not here
0: i haven't tried because i don't really do a lot of white wine until the summer yeah
1: yeah, yeah. well it's coming up
0: it um,
1: and then uh the reds i haven't i don't really have any experience with so yeah, I, I'll look for that Bluestone. stone. And I'll see if I yeah, if it you can't,
0: like, uh, we'll we'll trade. I'll 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 send something. I'll see if I can, you know, send you a trophy or something, in the shape of a wine bottle. Yeah, I
1: think I,
0: I, I think it's really really good. So I'm gonna send you some Bolivian wine. Huh? Yeah, we're gonna get to that. We're definitely gonna get into the Bolivian wine because yeah, I remember we had that tasting. Uh, what was Dan was there, right? I think that you had us try all your stuff. I think Dan was it was a, we were in yeah. that. Yeah, we're in it the front out, right. And it was. Dan was supposed to be doing something. Dan would be someone cool to talk to eventually on here too as well because oh, hell some yeah. project or something. I don't know. Um, He's a rock. I love Dan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> um so no, so you you bring that up about California and its climate. So, where do you think how do you think that's going to change over the next 40 years because the obvious is happening out there. And now more and more stuff starting to get really tasty like the pinots up in Oregon and Washington are really really good. So, I was just curious what you yeah. think. Um, how, how many years you think Napa's got left in this? Uh, you know, kind of, <laughs> kind of, kind
1: of I'm difficult. not counting down the days until the apocalypse
0: here. But, I'm I just mean, saying, was... like it isn't like you know. Look, Southern California produced great wine for a long time, and now look at it; it's a fucking desert. Okay, like this, let's the the, uh, the inevitable is happening in Northern California too.
1: Yeah, but we just got dumped on for four months of uh, yeah, rainforest.
0: and your governor dumped it back into the fucking ocean because he's an idiot. Anyway. <laughs>
1: God, I love talking to you. I
0: call Newsom governor. Uh, pick me, because he's always on Twitter, like attacking every oh, other God. governor. I he goes pray. after every other governor, and I'm just like, governor, pick me, and no one pays attention to him. It's hilarious. I'm like, bro, they're I, not I, going I, to talk to you.
1: <laughs> I pray that he enters the presidential race. That's the only. I just you want to see. Shit. I want to see him just get torn to shreds by his <laughs> own state.
0: That's why, like, I, I want. I just want total chaos when it comes to this stuff, right? Like, I, I don't want Trump to be the president again, but if he's going to end up the nominee because DeSantis sits out, I just want Trump and Newsom to be on the same stage together, which won't happen because Biden's not leaving. But I would just love for Trump to just sit there and talk about California. That that Newsom
1: Newsom wouldn't stand a chance. I would. I just. I would love to hear Trump's nickname for him in the first, like. <laughs>
0: I want him to take mine, Governor Pick me, because that's all he is. He's like this little pick me dork on the internet. Like, but like your state, your state's doing it. In your state it's like, bro, no one responds to you. Like, you're the governor of the largest state in the country and no one cares. Like no. Well, one, we're person when you need them. Exactly. Probably sleeping with the help again. I don't know. Uh <laughs> you know, he's a member of this cigar I was about to say, does he go check outside, see if he's at the locker over there? He's right outside. He's right out right there.
1: Hey, What'd you say, Governor? Blah, blah,
0: blah. Uh, no, but you know, okay. Sorry. So, speaking of California were, we <laughs> we're, we're talking I was going to ask you when Cal- when Napa's not going to exist anymore because of climate change. But...
1: Yeah, on a lighter note. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh All right. So, I mean, this is I mean, this is something that the Napa Valley vendor Association has been talking about for years um because we see it happen i've seen it happen i've only been in napa for uh about 10 years now a little over 10 years You've seen and, and i've seen it getting fires.
0: fires yeah
1: yeah yep i mean it's, it's every year it's every year there's a fire somewhere in the state um a wildfire that gets out of control they can't stop it because this entire state is a tinderbox come august and uh it's getting harder and harder obviously it's it's straining you know first responder uh that, that whole industry like it's it's tough on everybody obviously but if we could be selfish in the wine industry uh and talk about us we we recognize that the climate is getting warmer and we are already in uh the process of considering replanting grapes that are more Conducive to hot climates, mm-hmm. uh, Cabernet Sauvignon might start, you know, dwindling away a little bit. I mean, it's it's pretty hot climate grown or conducive, but you could start planting stuff like Tempranillo, uh, the primary grape that's grown in Rioja in Spain. Which is, yeah,
0: I like that. So My like I love Rioja. Uh, you
1: might start seeing a little bit more Zinfandel popping up, Big uh, more Syrah, more Grenache. I mean, the thing is, like, it's so the climate is not that much different here than it is, or it's going the way it already is down in like Paso Robles, where it's much warmer down there. So they and they have a fantastic wine industry down in Paso. They're yeah. making uh, wonderful uh, GSMs, which are like Rhone Valley inspired wines. Uh, Rhone Valley primarily specializes in growing Grenache, Syrah, and Mourvèdre. They grow that down there, and that stuff is killer. It is killer. I love it. Um, so we might start going that way. You might start seeing more wine regions opening up. What Washington State is doing these days yeah,
0: is amazing. Yeah. That's good stuff from that. Uh, Columbia Valley,
1: Walla Walla, Yakima, they are all making excellent quality wines. I've been very impressed with them. Uh, you mentioned Oregon Pinot before. That is definitely a growing thing. Um, you know, it's, there's only so much you can do to kind of prepare for, uh, an onslaught of droughts. Um, uh, you know, the irrigation system and in, in California is dog shit, I guess to put it that best way, like reservoirs have not been treated, uh, properly. They're not distributing water the way that they should be. Um, uh, there's a Why lot of the
0: Republicans do that. I don't understand.
1: You know you do a lot of finger pointing at the other side there buddy And just so you know i am moderate like i got i got no dog in the race hey, I, mean, I just I'm, I'm just saying i stay out of the election and then whatever goes wrong i point and say you guys did it that's yeah. right you did that i don't care um <laughs> <laughs> i take the, i take the george carlin approach to to Voting is like, hey, I stayed out of it. This you guys put the wrong guy off. <laughs> uh, obviously, uh, most of the western seaboard is a is a mess right now. Yeah. Um, you know, when you look at the crime rates, poverty, the uh, homelessness situation, which is out of control, yeah. and there's a lot, there's a lot that needs to be done with the state. So I feel like a jackass when I come on and talk about, well, well, what does the wine industry need to be doing? Like, you know, there's like, really does that in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't seem. Yeah. Monumentous, but you do have to realize that this is also in the U S uh, the last figure I saw is about a $350 billion industry. The wine. Um, Not just Napa, I mean, that's nationwide. Oh, okay, wow. The wine industry of Napa alone, I've gotten different figures, but they all seem to converge around 43 billion. Just on just Napa, just the wine.
0: That's how much Elon paid for Twitter, basically.
1: Yeah, he could have bought the entire Napa Valley wine industry. I wish he would, he fixed this place real quick. (laughs) In my opinion, it would be a way better investment than Twitter, too.
0: You definitely get some return on it for sure. Yeah, <laughs>
1: damn right. the like
0: ninety percent of the employees would quit because they'd be offended. You know, maybe not ninety percent, but a good healthy percentage. <laughs> I'm not working for Elon anymore. You'd be,
1: you'd be you might be surprised how much of this industry is red state, buddy.
0: No, I get well. It's farmers, right? I mean, at the end of the day, like these are people oh. who actually have to make something. <laughs> like, my dad, my dad is as right wing as it comes. As soon as
1: I told him my plans to move to California, he just rolled his eyes to the back of his head. Um, and every time that he calls me and just starts complaining about Democrats, I'm like, Dad, Napa is pretty red. I mean, like this is—you're absolutely right. This is a major agricultural state. It's not just Napa. I mean, California. If if California was A sovereign nation, we would have the fourth largest economy in the world. It's 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 largely agricultural.
0: It could it could probably have the the number one economy if it wasn't run by a bunch of goddamn Democrats.
1: I saw that coming from (laughs) yesterday. I had had to
0: say it's those coastal elitists. (laughs) That is pretty wild. That's what I'm saying. Like people don't realize how big that state is. It's not just like LA and uh, that's you,
1: enjoyed, you enjoyed the fruits of this of this area for quite a while there, buddy. I
0: did. Right? I always act so, like you don't... but I didn't vote there. I stayed out of it. Like <laughs> <You did> it. <laughs> <laughs> I stayed out of that shit. Uh, no, I, I vote where I want my. I, I still vote where my vote counts on my. Yeah. Anyway, so let's get up to other regions, right? You mentioned Paso, but one of my favorites because it goes back to the Napa thing. Like I, I get it. We don't want it to be like, Oh, you know, it, you don't have to spend X amount on, but tastings in Napa are not cheap. Like they've kind of priced yeah. out, <laughs> you know, the, 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 the average person, I guess, unless you're saving up some really good uh, change to go out there for a weekend. Cause you're going to drop what 40 to 80 on a tasting, sometimes more than that. If you're trying to get some, you know, some of the other shit, but one of my favorite places to go up to was, was Apple Hill. You know, up into the foothills, and see, you know, and the, gotcha. what is it, Barbera? Bar- Barbera that they, they make up there. Yeah, I love Barbera. That stuff. Yeah, Barbera and the, the Zen. So, two of my favorites were Boger and uh, Lava Cap. And I love Lava Cap. I was hoping I'd see it out here. I haven't yet. So, I'm going to have to make an order from them at some point. But they make two of the, like, their Zen, the Lava Cap Zen is amazing. The Barbera from, uh, burger is amazing like those were wines and you your tastings there are like five bucks and yeah. you just wave it they if don't have do a lot of that. Overhead. what's that
1: they don't have nearly as much overhead you know a lot of the uh the wineries in napa valley first of all you have i mean let's you start literally from the ground up yeah start talking about the the cost of land in napa valley i mean it's absurd you know i mean yeah. the The Rutherford Bench, which is like the kind of the central the heart of Napa Valley, the land there, I mean easily one point two million an acre. it's it's insane. Uh, and that's just on un, undeveloped land. You then take into account all the overhead of actually making one, all the production, the team that you had, uh, building a tasting room, which if you're in Napa Valley, you want to stand out. You got to, you got to build something extraordinary for people these days. You got to go over the top. I mean, the winery <laughs> that I work at. In
0: right? same thing with yeah, the exactly. trail in Kentucky. It's about the experience. Yeah. Now people want food with their wine too. So yeah. people
1: are having to, uh, you know, ship in a little extra, like we we're, we we're slinging pizzas after our tour at my winery. Like we have to have a full culinary team, uh, in addition to the sales team, wine team, uh, management, our offices, a warehouse—all that. This it all costs a lot of money to do it. Now, if you're a small producer outside of Napa, maybe a lesser-known region, uh, your overheads going to be dramatically less. Yeah. You don't necessarily have to charge for tastings. Um, that just started happening in the last 15, 20 years. I want to say, probably 20 years. Ago. Uh, people started charging for tastings. Nobody really did that. Before. Really. Well, that's uh, I know yeah now it's now it, you you can't get a free tasting anywhere now. No. i think heights i believe was like the last one that was giving free tastings and now uh, yeah, some think places
0: if you buy some wine right usually like some will Right, so
1: I mean, a lot of places will do that. They'll waive
0: it. And in you five. get into like every yeah. bottle is 130 bucks and up. So of course they should waive the tasting. <laughs> right? Not necessarily. I mean, that's that's going to be high. I know. I'm being and I'm higher. being a little bit of a of a, a fucking elitist to say, but you don't have to spend that much for sure. No. But no. It is. Tasty. But yeah, <laughs> we, we,
1: they they charge for the tasting fees because we're getting as the years progress. You get a lot, lot more tourism, which is great. It's great for everybody, but with tourism you get a lot of people that aren't necessarily interested in wine maybe they're just there to take pictures yeah yeah, yeah. maybe they're yeah, probably that you know scoping out a venue for their wedding or something like that okay. um but they're Why not really you yeah.
0: dude don't they're, I'm they're more... you, don't get married in napa you can't afford it, oh, no. <laughs> awesome. it unless something. your
1: last name is kardashian or musk yeah. forget about it you know uh I'll and one the, and they, they, I'm
0: like, hey, bro, can we get some money for Todd's wedding? Yeah. Break us off of I don't want a wedding
1: like that, dude. No, screw that. Yeah. But yeah, even even in Napa, there's only like, I think, five wineries that you can actually legally get married at because you have to have a special permit for them. And most wineries don't want because it's an enormous waste of time and money. And like, why do
0: we have to have a special permit?
1: Because of bureaucrats no, and demo, this is actually demo, one thing i'll, I'll give them demo, credit
0: for no i'm just, kidding, I'm, just, kidding, I'm, just I'm just pushing the, the democratic button over here tonight Button. you need to have like one of those uh, the, like the reset button that was, hillary gave to the to putin remember the reset or no was yeah, what was it, was it? The, the staples
1: uh that was easy like that you was easy Yeah. used to have one
0: yeah I used to have Not one.
1: that except it just goes fucking democrats
0: uh But you're on to something. That's a good idea. You need to hurry up and pack. I'm telling you, man, (laughs) I want my royalty (laughs) checks. That's pretty good. That's good. Uh, I'm not just a drinker.
1: I'm a thinker, too.
0: You are. And that's why we get along, Todd, because I'm just a drinker. Uh, So (laughs) (laughs) I do the drinking, you do the thinking. That's good. It works out. Um, All right. All right. Now this is, this is something I want people to take away because yes, you know, we're speaking in kind of generalities here, but you know, and you, you make a point that now you do get some pretty crazy fucking wine sometimes. Like I get it. You don't post stuff. That's just like, you know, Hey, check out this bottle of, Bogle i got from safeway for eight bucks you know you, you post some cool well, stuff well i will post
1: when i get when i find something extraordinary for a great deal i'll happily post that i don't yeah i don't give a shit about like oh well, well no that's not really or i don't i i don't really care what people think i just know i post stuff that i really really enjoy
0: yeah no it's good and, and, and i same way with murder, right i just post everything i find at this point um all-time favorite. What's the all-time favorite wine? You had to drink it every day. Rest of your life, every day, I'm drinking this. What is it?
1: Well, you mean like something I would drink every day or like just in my life? Was
0: no, no, no. That's I a ever. separate question. This is like, hey, this is my favorite wine. It's the only wine I ever get to have oh. the rest of my life. You're all-time taking it with you to the grave, and I'm going to steal it at your, your funeral. What? Which wine is that? just say Uh <laughs> you can't take it with you bro I'm taking it with me back to the house that's only totally fair
1: that's only totally fair I mean I, I can't really argue with that logic um, that's what I do here uh, if I had one wine to drink the rest of my life I'm torn I'm torn but because part of me like I'm I'm a big I'm an acid head and what, and that means I like high acid white wines, like. Oh, really? You go white. It's... Well, here's the thing. So if I'm if I'm going white, I gotta go Chablis is one of my all time favorites. Although, Jesus, uh, Spanish white is really important. Uh, I've been on a real Spanish wine kick lately, and. I gotta tell you, there's something when you open up like a perfectly aged Lopez de Aradilla Rioja, there's just something magical about that wine. I fucking love it. Um, I don't know that I can actually give you one. i I mean you know what? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say Chibley.
0: Okay. I'm gonna say that's that's interesting.
1: Yeah, you probably wouldn't expect it from somebody who works in the industry to say, what, fuck, I forgot about Riesling. Oh, damn it. Um, You would take a Riesling, wow. I love Riesling. I love Riesling. It was actually one of the first great wines of my life. The first, I remember the first great wine that got me interested into wine was actually Cabernet Franc. Okay. From, um, it was, I remember it vividly. I was, I was had just gotten my job in Napa at the uh, at the restaurant, and it was a an '89, Oga Fol Chanon, and I remember tasting that and being like, "Holy shit, I get it!" Like the light bulb came on, and it was just like, "Whoa, this has more to say than any other wine that I've ever encountered." That's what got the ball rolling. And from there, it's just been down the rabbit hole, down the rabbit hole, drinking everything I could get my hands on and trying to narrow the focus into what I really like. But turns out I like it all. So I just have to have a little (laughs) bit of everything. I get around all the time.
0: Distilled and
1: fermented. I love it
0: all. Distilled what? Distilled and fermented. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, yeah, let's, I, yeah. fortunately I kind of I, I talked about this a couple episodes as well as I, I kind of typecasted my uh, podcast. Right? I didn't say I have like this entire bottom shelf down here that's not pictured. That's all rye, and a few overflows. Yeah. But I can't drink those because I, I went with a rye today. I almost went with a rye, but yeah, well, you I, can't because I, this is a show called There Will Be Bourbon, not There Will Be Rye. So what yeah. I should have done? <laughs> you wouldn't even let me come on. You wouldn't. Have no, me. absolutely not. No, I would turn your camera off. You know, and then I'd mute you. So it would just be me talking to myself, which is fine. I can do that. I do that most of the time anyway. It's usually me and Frank just sitting you here. More my camera
1: on. Yeah.
0: I, I should have just said there will be whiskey, but it didn't go with my theme because I stole that from there will be blood. So there will yeah. be. Right. So I sorry, can't have rise on this show. There would be no, there will be zero rise on this show. Um, what if you're you know, a rye or die kind of guy? Rye or die, bro. No, I could do it, but I'd, I'd have to just... I said bourbon. Bourbon is my
1: first love anyway. I'm a really? much bigger fan of bourbon than... Oh, 100%. Is that I'm that a bigger fan of, of bourbon. Is that a, is
0: that a, was it just growing up in Virginia or what?
1: Oh, yeah. You know, Virginia, North Carolina. I even got some Alabama roots. So it was like...
0: Yeah, I do that. We weren't drinking... We weren't drinking Cabernet back then. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the, I mean, outside of Bowman, bro, I know, that like, man, I've, I've discovered there's a ton of fucking distilleries. I don't know if you heard of this one. I went to this one last month because a buddy of mine mentioned it on Twitter. Have you heard of Flying Ace Farms? It sounds familiar. I don't oh. think I've had it, though. The, the what they make is called american ace bourbon right The it's called flying ace farm it's also a brewery it's it's a really cool property it's out in uh, loudon county loudonville somewhere out there oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: really cool and actually the, the bourbon was actually pretty damn good i mean it is a blend of like i think i think the guy said it was a blend of an eight an eight year bourbon and an eight year rye or some shit anyway it's really good i had a really cool time out there um I've learned that there's a ton of distilleries out here. My only issue with that is I think that's cool, but my issue with like craft distilleries like that is a lot of the stuff that they have is generally not theirs. Because bourbon's not like wine where you make it, you know, you don't have as much of a turnaround whereas, you know, whiskey and bourbon you can't force the time that it takes to make it, right? So a lot of these yeah. people start out sourcing from MGP or you know, creating a flavor profile that they struggle to match when they start selling their own. And that's a, That's a challenge. Right. And that's, that is, that's where the art of distilling comes in. But I do, I, I am interested in trying some stuff. I've tried Catoctin Creek. I think I've tried. I don't know if you heard of that one. I don't know how familiar you are with the Virginia spirits, but tried that one. There's a lot. I, I want to try more because, you know, I have an ABC downstairs, which is great <laughs> downstairs. Yeah, it's like downstairs. Nice. From like it's like a five minute walk from where I'm at right now. Actually, thing. you know what? Let's go. Come on. No. no. <laughs> all right. Yeah, go. Yeah. we'll go live the whole way. <laughs> but what's weird oh, is, I, is they do this lot. Of, like they do these drops because you know it's a state run thing. So they'll send you an email when like all the Buffalo tr- like when Blanton's gets in. Did I tell you this shit? I haven't told you this. My first experience with that. So you know, there's a, all these ABC stores, and so you sign up. They tell you when there's a limited release drop which is usually the buffalo Trace shit Blanton's, eagle rare yeah, yeah. the widely colonel, stuff. colonel taylor yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, stuff that you know one of the best things about california is you know you can walk into target and find a lot of this stuff um but out here you can't right so yeah. i get it was probably the second week i was here my furniture just got delivered i'm setting up the apartment Something told me to check my phone. I got an email. It was like twelve nineteen in the afternoon. Limited drop, the ABC on Joy Street where I live. I'm like, oh shit, that's right down there. Let me go check this. It must have been nine minutes from the time I read the email to when I finally showed up to the store. And like, as I'm about to walk in, I hear and feel like someone running behind me. I'm like, what the? F-? You know, is something going on? No, this dude just is running across the parking lot to get in the ABC. I'm like, oh shit. So he r- literally runs in front of me, gets in front of me, grabs the last bottle of blends. Oh my like, God. I get it. It's cool because they, by law, they sell at retail, but I'm just like, dude, there is nothing in me that will run across the fucking parking lot to get a bottle of blends. Like,
1: yeah, I,
0: it's just weird. I, I think that's
1: that's the run of somebody who's going to resell that, I think. Exactly. I uh, think he exactly wants right. to make some money off of that on the secondary market.
0: Who uh, in their right mind sprint? <laughs> it was weird because I literally thought maybe something bad was happening. Like, I don't know, maybe yeah, I thought he was in trouble. I don't know what the <laughs> like, that's my reaction when I see somebody running. Like what the fuck happened?
1: But, that's the world. Yeah. That's, Funny. I no, I I don't think there's any bubble of bourbon that I, I would sprint out the street to grab the last you know, because there's the thing is with bourbon, it's been such an exploding market over the last twenty years that there's so much good stuff out there. There's so much great bourbon out there that like I mean my god, like that shelf that's right there behind you. I've tried most of that with you and they're
0: all excellent. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't keep the stuff. I don't like. If it's something I don't like, I dump it. Like none of this stuff. I this is all stuff I drink. I'm not saving yeah. it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's yeah. that's a weird thing to me. Like I get it. You know, like this one. This just came out, right? they they redid the castle and key distillery this actually was the I remember that yeah she was the first I guess master distiller she's since moved on but she opened that distillery, and you know that's the first product that could actually come out of it and they did it the right way they waited the four years and they offered it up but yeah I, that's a good you bring up a good transition there so when the hell – when is this going to stop, man? When, this, when is this shit going to get back to normal prices? Do you think that ever happens or no? With Buffalo Trace doubling their production capabilities, do you think that's going to bring down the market at all at some point? Or is it just no. – no, you don't think so?
1: No. but well, here's Well, here's why. Because there's so much money in it to them. Why do you think, all right. But the, the distributor thing is not
0: getting any of it, right? They're not getting that. They don't get the $5,000 markup for a bottle of Pappy. They get the 329 bucks that they sell it to this distributor for. It's pretty good.
1: But it's the, the, the market itself is creating that because you have, this happens like, all right, it happened with plans It happened with, Basically
0: every every, every Elmer T. Junior. Stag, Stag, Jr., Stag God, all of them, whole antique collection, no, yeah, all these right. just fucking normal shit. Elmer. What happens? Yeah, exactly. It's what
1: happens when uh, it's either the marketing team of the distillery, or it is going to be the secondary market saying, "Holy shit, this is great! You need to be drinking this." The fucking bloggers going out there creating lists on. Buzzfeed, the top thirty bourbons that you should be drinking, but you've never heard of, and like then that comes out, and then that all of that is sold out, and impossible to find. Um, That market is is kind of self-sustaining, and there's it's brought a lot of success to really small producers, which I like seeing. It's good to see. Um, But then inevitably, uh, a a Huge conglomerates going to come through and just give them a blank check and buy them out. Uh, this happens all the time in the wine industry. Uh, the amount of wineries that Gallo, Constellation Brands, uh, Treasury Estates, Trinkero, like all these guys just come through. It just happened. Uh, six months ago, maybe, uh, one of the most famous wineries in Napa Valley, Joseph Phelps. Got bought out by Louis Vuitton. What? So Louis Vuitton's buying wine yeah. now. Great. So oh, they have their own. They have their own beverage company. They own Hennessy. They own.
0: Uh, oh, that's right. right.
1: That's right. I do remember the yeah. Hennessy. So yeah. great. Now you can go to the
0: Joseph Phelps Winery and you can buy a purse. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, one one
1: purse with every purse of a case. Oh yeah, uh,
0: comes in a purse as the bag. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, it's it's silly,
1: but you know what? It's it's happening. It happens left and right. So, uh, the mom and pops get a little success. They they get brand recognition, and then a big company says we can make a lot of money off of that in the long term. So let's just take that, and mass produce it. Nobody will know the difference, and. Put it on every grocery store in America. It works, but then so I've actually I've talked to winemakers who have been a part of a mass-produced wine. Let's say something that's in every grocery store, and I had a friend actually have the balls to say this to the winemaker. He's like, "How can you kind of like sell your soul to the devil?" Like you know. You know what you you're making here and it's, you know, $5 a bottle in every grocery store in America like do you enjoy it? And he goes, "Listen, this winery pays me enough to be able that I can I can go off and do all my own side projects. I have my own label on the side. That's my passion project. This place pays the bills so I can." Maybe that's what it comes down to. You know, everybody needs to be able to make a few bucks to be able to work on their true passion. It's what's happening to me right now? You know, I'm still working at the big winery in Napa so that I can afford to do my passion.
0: First day with the new mouth. Sorry. um <clears throat> Wow, look at that. We call that a transition. So let's talk about before we get into the, the restaurant stuff that I really want to get into as well, because you eat some good food like myself. Um, so what is this yeah. project? Because uh, I don't have them with me. You got one. You got a bottle with you, right?
1: Yeah. yeah. So yeah, let's, actually, let's, let's is, talk
0: some llama wines.
1: This is actually the wine that started our company. So
0: you can see that. And I ordered two of those, I think.
1: Yeah. Well, it's kind of a dark label, but it says
0: Tree. Yeah. So, right.
1: so this is a this is a wine from Bolivia, uh, a country that very few people. Could actually even point out on a map where it is. And way few people even recognize that they have a wine industry, including myself, until about three years ago. Um, I had no idea. But it turns out Bolivia has been making wine as long as California has. Um, Basically the same way that everybody in the Western Hemisphere has vineyards, same way with Bolivia. Spanish missionaries brought them over back in the early 1600s. Traveled all the way down through Mexico, through South America. Um, uh, started out, I, I want to say, in Peru, and then made his way through like Uruguay uh, into Bolivia, and then eventually to Argentina. So, While most people recognize South American wine, they immediately go, oh, Argentina Malbec or something like that. And actually, Bolivia was making it before they were. Um, but what makes Bolivia so special is that the all of the vineyards, every one of them are sitting at a minimum of 5200 feet up yeah it's crazy crazy elevation uh there are higher vineyards in the world but it's like an example here and there like pinpointed around as a whole for a wine region these are the highest collection of uh, highest elevation collection of vineyards in the world and i found that really interesting Uh, Mm um The way I got introduced to it, I was the Napa winery that I still am employed at Uh, about three, four years ago, I was taking care of some members that I've been taking care of for many years and they brought some friends of theirs and we all got along great, we had a good tour and then afterwards I was invited out with them to join them you know, at their hotel around the fire pit. They're gonna open some wines and just relax and have a cool night. I'm like, sounds good. I'll bring a bottle, we'll hang out. So we all start chatting and then uh, this friend of a friend starts talking to me. He says, you know, I just started my own wine import company. I'm like, oh, that's cool. And I'm like, uh, French, Italian, Spanish, what you doing? He goes, Bolivian. I'm like, huh? <laughs> Bolivia? Didn't know they had a wine region. He's like, no one does. But he's like, my family is from there, and I've been going there since I was a kid. And I fell in love with their wine, and I've been buying it for years. But no one in the U.S. imports it. He's like, I just started my company, and I'd like you to be the sales director. And I'm <laughs> like, whoa.
0: Funny. Yeah, uh, not about right. conversation around the fire, right? <laughs> i know
1: right so yeah i wasn't expecting a job offer but i was like this really intrigues me
0: so you just
1: eyeball on your selection back there
0: oh i'm listening What's the I, I i'm just gonna Forster? Nice. yeah uh 1910 keep going keep going yeah
1: um, so i said all right uh, i'm interested I would love to be a part of a business that starts from the ground up and we build it. I've always wanted to do that, but I'm not going to sell shitty wine. So I need to try these. I need to try these wines first. I'm not good enough of a salesman to sell shitty wine. Um, Ken (laughs) Confirmed. You son of a bitch. Sorry. Uh,
0: I don't edit either. I can't take that. Yeah, I can't.
1: like you like you know what you're doing editing come on uh that's so, exactly
0: why i don't yeah that's <laughs> yeah, right you had time for all that shit. i'm not
1: gonna do a 15 minute youtube tutorial
0: jesus yeah exactly no time
1: uh so anyway uh i i he ends up inviting me over to his house a nice little dinner party he pours me all the wines that he's imported and I'm going down the list. I'm trying all of them. He's like watching me like, what do you think? And I'm I'm trying all of them. I'm, I'm thinking these are impeccably balanced, like exactly what you want in a really great and interesting bottle of wine. It has fruit. It has earth. It has acid. It has the tannin. It has... Uh, the nuance and the finish and it's just like they're beautifully crafted wines and i'm really just surprised that a wine of this caliber has not landed in the u.s and i just can't figure it out um especially considering those wines have been made for the last 400 years that is nuts. so what it basically comes down to is there is just not a market for it, people familiar with it, they weren't working on the kind of scale that U.S. importers wanted to bother with. So my friend Edward went up and just started his own company and he approached the wineries and said, you know, I want to start this company. Would you be willing to sell me some wine wholesale and, you know, we get this thing started and I'll show you what we can do. Um, we currently have two wineries in our uh, portfolio and 12 SKUs total at the moment edward is in bolivia right now uh he is back there he is reordering more for us he is picking up new accounts we're growing the business we had a phenomenal 2022 uh we sold a bunch of money direct consumer or a bunch of direct consumer made uh, a lot of new accounts both in restaurants, wine bars, uh, but we're still we have to continue to grow a lot so yeah. that we can afford to make these rewards. Um, so we are we are picking up accounts left and right from the East Coast. Surprisingly, I got the last week. I picked up three new orders from the uh, the East Coast people. I've I've never met. Don't know how they found us. I emailed them and asked them, How'd you hear about us? A lot of times, like, oh, a friend told me about Bolivian wine. We Googled Bolivian wine, and you're the only thing that comes up. I'm like,
0: you think that should be maybe your target? Because I mean, if if you're dealing with the stigma of California as your competition from the bat, you know. But if you go to if you focus maybe on the East Coast, that might be able to help you.
1: Oh, we're going to be getting more on the East Coast too.
0: Yeah, the thing is, I think they'd be more receptive than probably the California crowd. I agree.
1: I've, I've had that exact same conversation with Everett. Yeah. I feel like I'm
0: kicking water
1: uphill in California <laughs> because it's it, it's and it, it's it's not to California's fault. We make outstanding wine yeah. here, and that's what people want to do. I get it. Yeah. but like if you go to wine shops on the East Coast, if you're in like New York, New Jersey, DC, you have some wine shops out there that have amazing selection like european selection yeah we don't have nearly as much european selection out here because right. why would you it's all california <laughs> uh, so out there you guys have actually way more diversity of selection than we do here so
0: yeah i'm gonna, I, need, I, you I'm looking... to, I'm gonna need you to give me some some uh some european guidance not right now but in the future yeah, so I need to yeah, pick I'll up some different stuff. You know what I mean, I just need to try a different things. I like French wine, though, so that's good. But anyway, go ahead. We're back on. We're we're on Bolivia. Right
1: At the end of the day, just go out and try it. You
0: know? Yeah, that too.
1: Uh, but yeah, Bolivia really, really piqued my interest because I've never heard of it. Most of my colleagues and in the industry have never heard of it. Um, I'm talking to Somalis who are like. I've heard about Bolivian wine, but I've never tried it. And I'm like, yeah, of course you haven't, it, because it hasn't ever been imported. As you've been to Bolivia, yeah, exactly. Or you know, somebody who has and brought some with you. They, you don't have it. So there was one other company in uh, the United States that was importing Bolivian wine, and uh, I appreciated what they were doing. They were, they were, uh, they had a lot of philanthropy behind their wine and giving the wine back to uh, giving the money back to Bolivia is great company. But unfortunately they got killed during COVID. Um, and so we are now, we, we were one of two importers in the U S now we are one of one. We are the only Bolivian wine importer and
0: good to be king.
1: Yeah. Well, King in quotes. <laughs> um, we, we are working by default, I guess.
0: Yeah. Um, hey, sometimes that's how it happens. You know,
1: you outlive your enemy. <laughs> but and that's the thing. Well, I didn't want to think of him as our enemy at all. In fact, I was actually right. suggesting that we might partner up with him uh, because we're, we're fighting for the same cause. Our, our CEO is from Bolivia, and he wants to be able to bring the pride, uh, back to his, his country of a phenomenal wine. And so far, everybody that I've poured this wine for has been impressed by it. And including myself and I'm proud to sell for this label. And yeah, you're a fan.
0: I was, yeah, I I finally, I finally, I finally was able to, to, to get it. Like I, like I want it. So yeah. I'm excited yeah. for you to show the hell up and, and to show it to Maddie and all as well. Um, I'm looking for something I want to send you because you're right. You bring up something that that makes a ton of sense and people need to just try stuff. So I was at this uh, this restaurant in D.C., I think a, while, a few weeks ago, um, and I had a wine uh, from Palestine. And it was yeah. delicious. It was nice. delicious. I'm trying to find it so I can show it to you because apparently it's all over the states now on this side at least so you can find it but i need to find I, myself
1: i have never had a palestinian wine i've had israeli wine i've not had this palestinian yeah yeah,
0: was- yeah we've had israeli wine with is not it's not kale who's who's the other who's the other winemaker that Matty works with not kale anyway his name is like and it doesn't matter all right um but yeah so i've 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 had some israeli stuff not much but this was absolutely incredible um i just wish i could find it because i'm just scrolling through stuff and i you know what i know how i can find it even easier so getting back to the um to the llama wine stuff so how's i mean where can people find it number one if they if they hear it on here and they want to make an order great i don't know if that's going to happen but it's always possible right so where could they find it is todd frozen todd's frozen Todd's frozen at the moment. We'll see if he can get his his, uh, connection back on. And I will text Todd and tell him he's frozen. Todd, you are frozen, bro. If you can't hear me, you're frozen. So bear with us as we try to get Todd back. He is doing his podcast from a cigar bar with some spotty Wi-Fi, but that's fine because I can talk forever until Todd shows back up. So what I'm trying to do is find this Palestinian wine that I had a few weeks ago, if not last month at some point. Um, absolutely incredible stuff. Oh, there's Todd. Wi-Fi went down. He's reconnecting. Have no fear, ladies and gentlemen. He is reconnecting. So that's a good thing. Oh, I hear here? it. He's back. Damn, there it is. He's unfrozen. Like Yeah. 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 Todd's doing a movie called *Unfrozen*, so there he is. As I continue to effort this, uh, yeah, I'm efforting this search to send you yeah. this. Trust Sorry me, talking that. talking by myself is never going to be a problem, so don't worry. <laughs> um, yeah, so, uh, yeah. The the llama wines. How do how do people find this stuff?
1: Uh, so we have. Uh, you can either go to llamawines.com. Shit, I Lost
0: it. Lama, Lama, Lama. No, I'm here.
1: That's, that's LLA. We have a big online presence. Big shout-out to Mr. James Gallagher, our COO, who built that website for us and did a phenomenal job doing it. Uh, I promise the, uh, the website runs way better than my Wi-Fi is running right now.
0: Yeah, uh, let's hope. Let's hope. Yeah, well,
1: James didn't put up the Wi-Fi in this dump here, so... Uh, <laughs> um, so, LlamaWines.com is a way to reach out to us. Uh, you can actually email me directly from the site uh, if you're interested. This is really the only way to uh, get Bolivian wine right now in the United States, is specifically through us, which definitely a feather in our cap, and I'm proud of it. Uh, and I'm really excited to see a few months from now. Uh, Once we get a reorder from Bolivia, how many new accounts, how many new lines we can offer. Um, Ed has been sending me pictures from Bolivia.
0: Um, How is it? Are you going to go? When are you going?
1: Oh, eventually I'm going to go. Yeah, we weren't able to do it uh, earlier this year. But the pictures that he's sending me, I'm going to see if I can actually...
0: I just sent you a picture as well of this Palestinian wine that I highly recommend you figure out a way to acquire and try. Absolutely awesome. Great stuff. Who's the Bond girl directly over your head that's skiing?
1: I can't tell which one that is.
0: So Uh, literally the one
1: This one here? That one, yeah. I I don't know which one she is because the thing is she's wearing dark sunglasses and a hat. I think she might be from, from Russia with, with love. I'm not sure.
0: Oh, there's no names. That's a bummer. Um, no, there's no names. Yeah. <laughs> so I
1: don't if you can see. Does this show up at all?
0: It does. A little bit. Yeah. All right. Okay.
1: So, yeah, that is Tariha, Bolivia. So that's where it looks like now. primary – it really does. I know it, it is, uh, the wine region is actually very similar climate-wise, surprisingly given the altitude. Um, but it stays really dry, really arid up that high up. And because of the air is a lot thinner, more UV light gets through, and it actually ripens the grapes more. So it's a, actually a surprisingly conducive region to winemaking. So uh,
0: what's the? Um, but Ed is down. Definitely- What's what's the what's the best varietal that they produce then, or what's the most? I guess what's the what's the star of that region?
1: I would say probably the Malbec is getting yeah. the most okay. attention, but then again, that's also just because of already our preconceived notion that South American wine is all malbec Makes Good Malbec, uh, nice.
0: I love I love a good Malbec. Malbec's great. It's great.
1: Our Malbec is great. Uh, we make a wonderful Cabernet. Uh, their Tanat is outstanding. Uh, and that's definitely a lesser known grape. Yeah, it's Tanat. Tanat, it, it originates mostly in um, uh, in France from the uh, Madiron region. Uh, but it's, I think, more well known to to wine drinkers from Uruguay. So, still South American, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, but Tanada Bolivia is much softer, it's uh, like your dad would say, smooth. smooth. <laughs> uh, and uh, it's, it's just surprisingly complex. There's a dumb bunch of like floral and earthy notes in Bolivian wine, which I just crave, yeah. You know, sometimes it's little bit. The fruit bombs of California and Napa no, is just like, a little much uh, no. <laughs> I'm a huge fan like you of French wine. I love a little earth and spice
0: and blood. Like, oh, how is this?
1: Yeah. There's some of that cigar box, bro. Yeah. Love it.
0: Like that. I, I'm not going to uh, lie. That, that 85 you brought over for Thanksgiving, I thought I was drinking blood. That's what it tasted like to me. It felt like Dracula. It's like. <laughs> yeah, man. That's uh. So that's what we're doing. Because it sounds like it's just a marketing thing that we're missing out on. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna do a spin-off called There Will Be Wine, right? We're gonna change this to a wine glass. <laughs> well, just, just do an and or bourbon yeah. and or wine, you know. Yeah, just cover
1: all your bases. It'll uh, be great. But I'll tell you like, they oh, lost
0: the original when I moved out here. This is not the original. They lost it. Is it really? Yeah, yeah they lost it. I'm going to tell you right now, I paid the movers 50 bucks to take the original. That's all right, because I told them the value of it was significantly higher, and they paid me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I said, look, this is a one-of-one. One. I can't go just pick up another one. It's literally me on a canvas. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I had to get this replaced. It's my entire business. Seriously. Like, yeah, it's crazy. Anyway, <laughs> I hope they're listening so they know how much I fleeced them on that. That's right. Um, right. So, yeah, I, I smell you're... a loss. <laughs> Come and get me, you know, whatever. Um no, that's great. I'm I'm so, I'm excited. To say
1: about you know how we relate bourbon, wine, all of a so, I told you earlier really, I'm a lover of all things fermented and distilled. I just love this whole industry. I love the people in it that you meet, yeah. yourself included. That's me. Um uh, and there are so many parallels when you get in, I mean, the importance of the barrels alone. Oh, yeah. I mean, when you, yeah. Drive,
0: yeah. I mean, the oak and all. Yeah. Like the exact things? kind
1: of oak, whether it's French or American Oak, if you're doing
0: bourbon, if it's what's, what, so what, it, what are you, what are you guys aging that the, the Bolivian stuff in? Is it Bolivia is you know, largely French. It's, it's French. French are, okay. Uh, they grow, like this is a dumb, ignorant question, but do they grow Oak trees down there? I don't fucking know good question.
1: I I actually don't know that.
0: um, That's if what they do for. it.
1: I mean I I, I spoke to uh, the the winemaker from our primary winery that we're importing from uh Compost de Solana uh, which is one of the largest wineries in Bolivia and uh, he told me exactly I, I went down the list of like all the questions I had for him, how the whole production and everything. Uh, and he told me it was largely French oak,
0: um, but so I one just, of your questions: needs out, Do you hit. have, do you have oak? Yeah. So you need to, you need to, We yes, call it an RFI. Like, we call it an RFI in the the uh, the Army government world. It's a request for information. You need to hit him with an RFI, like, do you guys have your own oak trees there? Okay, because the French are known for quitting. You don't want to be putting your, your wine in a barrel of quitters. That is true. But is that what you want? Have- I know, though they do, which is what I talked about. Like Todd, I don't know if you've had this yet, but this Maker's Mark where they they refinish it in a French oak, that stuff is incredible. And I've always talked about. It. I was like, glad someone stole my idea from ten years ago. But like, I get it, bourbon. It's American, it has to be an American oak. I'm all about it. But have we tried putting whiskey in other types of oak because it could change the flavor, right? It definitely does. Well,
1: see, I'm concerned that. Not- Bourbon, remind me and correct me if I'm wrong. And I, will. I already apologize to all my bourbon files. I will there that that. Uh, so by law, it must be aged in American oak, right?
0: Yes, and it has to be a new charred oak barrel; can't be reused.
1: New charred French oak barrel.
0: No, American oak barrel. American, excuse me, American. Yes,
1: but in the in the finishing process, is can you switch to
0: French? Yeah, <clears throat> still bourbon because you're putting bourbon into it. You can oh, that process now, now you're just finishing. Right. Yeah. So that's
1: exactly why that, like, somebody like Angel's Envy or something can finish an old wine barrels or something
0: Court, like that. Right? Wine. Yeah. Um, I just yeah. saw this Bowman Brothers. They've they got this. Uh, what, what did I just see? I was in an ABC store. I don't think it was rum. Was it a rum cat? I don't know. There's something. Everyone's doing this finishing in these, which is, you know, the irony of that is when they. Yeah, the irony of that though is um these are just previously used bourbon barrels that're just making the rounds. So they're, yeah. <laughs> they're just refinishing them. Um it's like a bicycle. Yeah, like I would honestly that's I think that's a good question, man, because if you can make it make the entire process Bolivian, it might be a better way of marketing.
1: Uh, it really just comes down to The availability of white oak, Uh, there's a lot in France, there's a lot in America. Uh, Hungarian oak has become very popular in the wine industry. There's a few Eastern European countries, Russian oak, Lithuanian oak, something like that, that dotted here and there. But like, it really just comes down to not only the availability of the oak, the cost of harvesting it and all that, but also the flavor. Because, as you know, yeah, there isn't just American oak across the board. All of it tastes All about the same. The soil. It's, it's specific states taste completely different.
0: Yeah, you know, that's the big this, thing with bourbon. It's that you know, some years of those oak trees are better than others. It's fucking science, man. Look. It hurts your but head. It's not really Well, hard.
1: Because the winery where I work in Napa, we do a lot of single barrel Cabernet production, and it allows people to. Taste the difference that the barrels make. Yeah. And one thing will taste the same. We'll say it's two wines, Asian American oak. One's from Minnesota, one's from Missouri. Completely different flavors. Yeah, totally different. Missouri tastes like bacon, barbecue, brown sugar, all of that. All of bourbon it tastes like bourbon. Minnesota oak tastes like coconut. Uh, and- Almond joy. Almond joy. Let's go. You say it, yeah. Almond joy barrels. So, it's uh, is a completely different. Way. And then whatever other state you get, Pennsylvania or or Oregon oak or something like that, completely different flavors.
0: Right. Well, it sounds uh, like we need to buy some farm and plant some uh, some oak trees in Bolivia. Is what it sounds like farmland's got to be farmland's got to be way cheaper than one point two million an acre. <laughs> I
1: don't know. I think, the, uh, I think the cannabis industry in California is. Uh, Went pretty strong for a while. it was just stay
0: that in there. I don't want nothing to do with that. I think it's such, a, I think it's just the dumbest thing we've ever done as a country, to be honest with you. just It's so stupid. Like, it smells awful. It's horrible. It's just a bunch of fucking idiots sitting around, like, oh, I can smoke weed now. It's like, yeah, great. You can always smoke weed. Now you're just a dork doing it legally. I'm sorry if you're blowing a month after this. I just can't stand the smell of it. Like, if we're going to genetically engineer this shit, just make it smell better. Like, why does it gotta smell so awful?
1: That's I guess it's just like uh that's like how people feel about cilantro, you know. And I, I, I love it's like, cilantro. <laughs> more of free of nature. There's something wrong with it. You.
0: you don't like cilantro?
1: Fuck no, it's
0: disgusting. What? Wow, it's disgusting, he says. cilantro rice, a little lime juice, a little cilantro, mix it in with your rice. I, like I, I like I just licked a bar of Irish Spring. Ooh, Irish Spring. The Irish never quit. <laughs> you don't remember the tagline? The Irish never quit? This is so good. I love that. I don't know where it came from.
1: I wish they would.
0: <laughs> you know, I used to feel that way about parsley until I discovered Italian parsley. That stuff's delicious. Like, it's just lemony and bright. Like it. I'll I like give it. I love Italian. It. I love yeah, it. Italian parsley is great. I, I mean, I grew up in the restaurant where they used to, like Denny's, where they'd slap the slab of it on the sides. Like, what do I do with this? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, just-
1: right. It's like that shitty piece of like fake lettuce or whatever, and like the orange slice.
0: Yeah. Say, like, yeah. what am I supposed to do? Do I eat this or is this just here? I don't understand.
1: It's just uh, there. It's just
0: there. Again, great transition. Let's get into some food. All right. So, in the meantime, if you're here, llamawines.com, get yourself some Bolivian wine, give it a shot, give it a whirl. It's not a crazy price point that you can't afford to try yourself some of it. So, uh, everything
1: between like 25, 35 bucks. It's yeah.
0: Very Good. I'm looking forward to it finally arriving and stuffing my fridge with it. Um, my, yeah, that one. So you go to some really cool restaurants, which I, I, I love. Um, and I know you worked in one of the coolest ones that I, um, well, at least by reputation. Our governor, not our governor, your governor likes to hang out in it. Um. <laughs> you won't stop. You won't stop. It's been a while. It's been like 30 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> the one that governor pick me was seen in you know the french laundry you've eaten there um and you recently just went to Alinea, right in chicago i did yeah. okay let's 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 backwards let's go backwards let's talk Alinea because this is one that i've um god what's the chef's name is right on the tip of my tongue and ran yes really interesting story right like this guy was already okay. He was Amazing. already, was it was he already a Michelin level chef before his cancer and he lost like his sense of taste and all that shit? Or was it, uh, he-
1: no, that was that was prior, that was prior, which is even more impressive. Um, if you've ever had the chance to read his book, Devil, or not Devil, that's somebody else, uh, Life on the Line,
0: Life on the Line,
1: uh, Life on the Line is incredible, it's, it's exactly that. He got tongue cancer. And
0: I like have, that's who gets know, that? Man, that's so fucking random.
1: It's so, it's so strange. And then like of all the cancers to get for a chef. I for mean, if chef. cancer is already horrendous enough. Yeah. And then he beats that, and then becomes easily one of the most famous, famous chefs and celebrated chefs in the country. It's amazing. Um. So uh, I ate there. We're BFFs now. I, you know, Did you?
0: Oh, you got to hang out. That's cool.
1: No, actually. Uh, I wish that would be cool, but uh, no, he uh, he wasn't there that night. But I got to tell you, that was the I would definitely put it, if not the best, definitely maybe second place best meal I've ever had in my
0: life. Oh, okay, well, that's um, a good that's a good follow up. So keep going.
1: Yeah. So the thing is, like, <laughs> the creativity. What I always loved about Grant and Alenia is that they take this really fine dining, very, uh, very fancy experience, and they boil it down to your childhood memories and playfulness and just having fun and surprising you with stuff throughout the meal, stuff that was hiding in plain sight that you never expected. And just like, it's, it's fun It's uh, you know, we sprung for the reserve wine tasting. Absolutely worth it. Uh, We learned a lot. We saw it's like the coolest dish, like the stuff, the stuff that he does with potato starch will make you want to shoot yourself in the head. Cause (laughs) you're like, I never would have thought in a million years to do as cool of shit as he did with potato starch. Um, you know i don't want to go into the specific exactly what everything was because you know i'm sure they don't want everybody talking about it. i don't take pictures you know i don't, I don't like doing that no. i leave that to my girlfriend
0: yeah i was gonna she say i take it. pictures <laughs>
1: I, I don't like to do it because i took one picture at the very end for the dessert yeah. course. That is was good.
0: that when they still break everything on the table or what they still yes break? yeah yeah they that roll out so cool. like
1: that and basically they paint the table with like mm. ice cream and chocolate and all that yeah thing. that looks, fucking looks awesome 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 man that's really cool
0: did you get to do the like uh, floating sugar balloons or some shit is that still a thing? yes
1: yeah we got the balloon that was amazing
0: that's so cool that's
1: um, <laughs> one of those things they kind of took a, a page out of thomas keller's book who is his mentor
0: yeah uh
1: and you know keller always did the at, at French laundry, the, the first thing that you get is something out of your chocolate. It's an ice cream cone, but it's not ice cream. It's it's what they call a salmon cornet. So it's salmon tartare. On like a little ice cream cone. It's like that big. But it's so goddamn delicious. <laughs> and it's so playful and fun and people are just immediately like your first thing you just laugh. It's just no, fun. It's like
0: you're, now you're now the mood's set. So you know you're gonna everything you taste is going to be good no matter what.
1: Exactly. You know, I mean, I always, whenever I worked in fine dining, and I had customers sit down, I could, I could feel nervousness off of them for a meal if they didn't do this normally, if they didn't weren't into fine dining, three Michelin stars that kind of stuff. First thing I had to do is tell Joe, I just bust their balls a little bit, or just like have fun with them, get them to drop their guard. Because I, I want them to say, I, I wanted them to realize, guys, it's just, yes. Yeah. If the whole experience is about you having a good time and having fun, you're not going to eat the food wrong. We're not going to be standing in the corner giggling and laughing at you. <laughs> what a joke! <dope. laughs> we're, we're too busy to do all of that. So yeah. don't worry. Yeah. So, uh, I love going to these kinds of restaurants and just watching how playful they get with the food and where the inspiration comes from I think it's it's one of the best ways that you can tell a story about your life and about your experience is with food and as I spent my entire career in restaurants so I just I have so much passion for it and I I love it more than anything uh, I love cooking for people but I love eating people's cooking even more. Yeah,
0: yeah 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 I'm a big fan <laughs>
1: I, I have to do the dishes
0: <laughs> okay so I know this is it's, it's kind of crazy how long did you how long in advance did you have to sign up for trying to get a oh, so that's a good story like this actually I just walked in <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: right I almost did so, I was planning on because you need about I think the calendar resets, like you can make a reservation up to two months in advance. I think that's what it oh, does. Okay.
0: okay, that's not bad.
1: And um, I forgot to make my reservation. Uh, and Lily, my girlfriend, called me on that about maybe three weeks before we went to Chicago.
0: <laughs> so this you guys were going to like, Chicago for this specifically, right?
1: No, 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 no. Uh, we, this was, but this was a big highlight for me.
0: Oh, it's a great so, restaurant. Like, so reservation,
1: like the- right? I'm like, yeah, I think. Did I? <laughs> 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 so I immediately pull out my phone. And I check and there's actually availability. I couldn't believe it, but. Um,
0: oh shit, that's awesome. Yeah,
1: you know, they, they actually had a seating available. So I, I locked out, man. I would have been so furious with myself. Yeah.
0: Uh, I mean, I remember in Chicago, you, you got so many options anyway. It's a great food city. You,
1: dude, I fell in love with Chicago. It is I love such a city. city.
0: It is. I would live there in
1: a heartbeat.
0: The winter sucks, uh, but
1: the winters know. are brutal. But, but they have I mean, great we, food,
0: so that's all that matters. You can stay inside
1: in a restaurant. Exactly, dude. <laughs> we ate at so many great winter we I Had uh, some of the best steakhouses in America. Outside uh, we, of Vegas,
0: it's my favorite city for food. America, I still have America.
1: not experienced Vegas. yet
0: Oh, I don't know why we I haven't have, gone. I think we should go. Just cause the, the, I mean, you're talking food, restaurants, like literally the greatest restaurant like happened, gamble. all within a walking distance of everybody. I mean, yeah. Vegas is, there's just every chef you can think of has a fucking restaurant there. And that's what I'm saying.
1: Like I have no interest. In no, I don't care. about no. I don't give a shit no. about it. I just go for, I the would be the for the food.
0: Yeah. I go for the food and the drinks. And that's it. But anyway, you were saying back to back to Alinea. You're there. What the hell? Three weeks out. You got us hot.
1: Got it. Barely uh we we're super excited to go i actually i left them a bottle of the our top wine from llama oh no nice. uh, i left them bottle uh with the small yeah just as a thank you and just like
0: hey in case you like it yeah love hey, get, hit it. Me up. my name's todd have they called yeah.
1: <laughs> gave my card and all that uh we'll see haven't heard from them yet but it's only been a couple um uh, but yeah, that Alinea was, was outstanding. And I gotta tell you, the, the service really spot on. I mean- It's what makes everything. From the, from the moment you walk in the door, uh, you are immediately greeted very warmly by everyone and everyone takes phenomenal care of you. Uh, I was very impressed across the board. Um, that being said, I, I still, I got to hand it service wise I don't think anybody beats Le Bernardin in New York. That was above and beyond. I was very, very, very impressed with that. Uh, you know, so I, I try to uh, try to do a three Michelin star once a year. Every so year.
0: It's so it's okay. Out. So okay. So you've been to other three Michelin star restaurants aside from Alinea and French Laundry?
1: Six or
0: seven. Now. Oh damn! Okay. My, my, my cap, I hit a two-star in uh, San Francisco, which I thought the service at that place was by far the best I've ever had. Where'd you go? I got to look this up. It was it was Valentine's last year. as a steak. I believe it was a steakhouse, and I will get you the actual answer on that. I, I wanted to, while I searched for this, what was my follow-up to, you said this was like top one, if not number two. Well, so what was your, what, what potentially beats that out?
1: Um, uh, I would say the, I would, all right. I'm going to give service number one to La Den and the dark air incredible, incredible restaurant there. Plus my girlfriend has a huge crush on Eric repair. So I, I Oh, a, that's a bummer. You know, cool. He wasn't there. Unfortunately, actually it's probably a good thing he wasn't there because I would have lost a girlfriend. Um,
0: yeah to but, somebody who's like 70 that's awful no.
1: yeah and he's french
0: and he's french
1: <laughs> he's a quitter
0: he's a quitter by nature
1: <laughs> no, no not that guy he's amazing but anyway um uh, i got it i think it would actually actually have to go to my first three michelin star restaurant experience ever which is in san francisco uh atelier crin <laughs> Atelier Kren is run by Dominique Kren, one of those badass chefs. I, I actually had the pleasure of working with her once. Uh, before I moved to Napa, I was working at a fine dining restaurant in Sacramento, and she was the. Uh, she did a. We were doing a celebrity chef pop-in series, where oh, cool. we get different uh, chefs like City come in. And all right, she... real quick
0: before you continue, it was Nico Steakhouse.
1: Oh yeah, I know Nico. Yeah. That was awesome. I haven't been, I haven't been but I, I know it well.
0: All right. Can, okay, so we're in San Francisco.
1: Yeah, so Dominic Grant runs that one. And so this one, it might even be too artsy-fartsy even for you. Ooh, I like it. And I know how much you like your artsy-fartsy.
0: Yeah, I'm big, big into the uh, art scene.
1: Well, if you do like it, um so when you sit down, they don't give you a menu. They give you a poem. It's... Okay it's a poem that they, they write a new one like every night that describes the menu. So every like stanza in the poem represents a different dish that you're going to be getting. And it's so cool. It's so cool. But in every dish that they bring to you is a masterpiece work of art. I remember Throughout the the menu that I was uh, was tasting, every single time I took a bite, it was the greatest thing I'd ever eaten. It was, it's like continually topping itself as it's like the best thing I've ever put in my mouth. That's awesome. um, so yeah, I was very very happy with that experience, and um, I've done you know I've done I gotta say the most full I've ever been. Uh, where I was just like, please stop, no more, I can't take it, was in Healdsburg, California, at Single Thread. Single Thread? And that one, that was another, experience. which one? Single Thread, you said? Single Thread, yeah. Oh. Um, that one, I think they opened like five years ago, something like that, relatively new. They have their own farm. Out back, they grow everything themselves. Uh, the first course, the first course, first thing they brought out was a log that, for each one of us, had, I believe, ten or twelve different plates of like sashimi and and like little little bites. So like ten bites is your first course Um, and then they just kept it coming and more and more and more and more the wine pairings were spot-on Everything. it was just that was another awesome experience Uh, and they had the coolest toilet I'd ever seen that was a gold Japanese toilet oh You, you walk into the bathroom it opens up it speaks to you has all kinds of very nifty questionable features on
0: the end the coolest toilet i ever saw was in a uh, a jordanian customs house it was an eastern toilet you know what an eastern toilet is
1: uh was it just with a built-in bidet
0: it's just a hole in the ground man there, it's not cool at all i want you to <laughs>
1: <That's> just... <laughs> the
0: way you describe this this can't
1: be a great toilet like not at all. It's awful. A bidet is
0: great. Uh, yeah.
1: Jordanian customs.
0: Yeah, we were in the Jordanian's customs for uh hole on the floor, huh? Yeah, just the hole on the floor, man. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I wish you know what that's one thing that we could we could talk, you know, different styles of bathroom etiquette, but the bidet really needs to be more widespread in this country because it's just... I one hundred percent agree. <laughs> that and the warming warm- toilet the this like the warming the the seat oh, warmer, the, like the warm seat, seat warmers
1: room. yeah the greatest thing in the world. <laughs> it's the best
0: <laughs> yeah like the, the bidet is yeah. just a great invention i don't, I don't understand
1: you know I, at the end of the day you know like, are we
0: holding out because it's just like no oh, we didn't come up with it so we're not going to sell bidets. like they should be in every house and apartment everywhere
1: I, all right, I gotta ask. Did you see the uh, the more recent episode of South Park with the Japanese toilets?
0: No, I didn't.
1: It started the conversation. It started the conversation, buddy. Why are <laughs> Why are we wasting so much money and on killing toilet. so many trees on toilet paper? Yeah, we need to incorporate the bidet.
0: I mean, if 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 we if everybody had a bidet during the 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 COVID pandemic shutdown, nothing. This toilet. Fucking paper shortage would have been an issue. Yeah, exactly. We wouldn't have cared. Uh, I had to buy like early. a thirty roll from from China on the dark web. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it was awful. I
1: believed you? I believed you right up until you said that you bought it from China. Uh,
0: China. No, I am gonna send you. I'm gonna send you my order. I got my my order history. I'll screenshot that and send it to you. I'm gonna send you so many pictures tonight. Eastern yeah. toilets. Yeah. All kinds of shit. Literally all kinds of shit. <laughs> Sounds great. Not all right. Literally. Did, 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 Not
1: literally. Okay. I don't need to see that.
0: No, no, we don't need to see that. Did I cover I, I, I wanna see if I've covered everything? Because we're we we've hit a good mark. You've done some good stories. I appreciate the restaurants. Oh, that's what I meant. Have you heard of this "The Lost Kitchen" show on HBO? Have you seen that restaurant in Uh, the Maine? Lost
1: Kitchen? No, I don't
0: know. Oh, okay. Well, let me let me bring that to your attention. The Lost Kitchen. It's on HBO. It's got like three seasons of it, but um yeah i don't i don't know what their michelin stars are but it's just like this absolutely incredibly renowned restaurant at this point from this you know woman who grew up in freedom maine moved away and ends up going back and starts up a restaurant and all of a sudden it's like one of the most difficult places to get a a table in the entire fucking world and it's incredible food and she's not formally trained at all but she's taught herself how to do all this stuff Three seasons on this on the on on HBO and they're accepted. Really? Uh, yeah, they're oh, yeah, accepted. It's, 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 the the only that. way they accept reservations is you have to mail in a postcard. And from April 1st to May 15th, they randomly draw a postcard and they call you and let you know if you get to have a table. It's fucking cool as shit. It's awesome. I'm sending postcards in. I'm trying to. Get, <laughs> I'm trying to get noticed. I want to go. The this food. Like this sounds like uh,
1: it's gonna turn out like the ending of uh, the menu. You ever see that movie? No, I need to though. Oh, you haven't seen it? You have to go watch that. Watch that.
0: Love it. Um, Yeah, check that out. Let me text you so I don't forget because we're in a state of where we won't remember shit tomorrow, which is good. All good. So there's that.
1: Um, Lost Kitchen. I I texted your uh, your lovely wife about an hour before this podcast, and I asked her. (laughs) I said, uh, I'm on your man's podcast in about an hour. Any stories you want me to embarrass them with while I'm there?
0: (laughs) Probably no answer, I'm guessing.
1: No, she answered. Oh. But I know why you love her, because she didn't give me any ammunition. She gave gave me nothing. She just laughed, and she said, have so much fun. And I uh, I said, oh, I know we will. I miss this perfectly sculpted jawline.
0: Right here, buddy. Look at it. Ed, it's it's even better. I'm down like 14 pounds since you saw me last.
1: You better stop, man. She was already drooling. She's like, oh, I know that jawline. Can't blame
0: you. Can't blame either of you. I mean, <laughs> you're, looking, you're looking good, buddy. Looking. It's buddy. Twenty. Looking twice, bro. Like it's, yeah, thanks, buddy. Um, yeah, so uh, speaking of which, when, uh, when, when are you coming out to Virginia? Let's go tear up DC like the Michelin Star Road. They got this row oh, of restaurants apparently over there in the hood. It's BC great. My old DC uh, was my old stomping grounds years ago. Yeah, know. yeah, I know.
1: But uh, Jesus, I haven't been back in 20 years. But uh i well and the thing is like all my family moved away so now like my only mm-hmm. excuse to get out of dc is to see you so that's good enough for me um well i can take I'll you be like-
0: the it's right there i look out at it every night in the into the uh so if you don't know um i'll get with you after this um but yeah got that i'm looking at the jefferson memorial as well i'm in a good spot
1: i love the jefferson memorial Lincoln is my favorite. Lincoln Memorial.
0: Lincoln is cool. I saw that one. I did. I saw. I, I did. See. I, I oh, run I every you. Sunday to something different. I did the the monument first. I did a Jefferson. I did Lincoln. Um, I'm going to run the Capitol this weekend, maybe. That's I'm cool. actually going up to the Bronx. I'm going up to the new Yankee Stadium to watch the Giants on Saturday. How are you? Nice. Yeah. Okay. It's kind of weird being on the East Coast. Like you're right in the middle of, like you can go to so many different parks. You can't do that in California.
1: No, yeah, that's that's definitely one thing that's really cool about the kind of the D.C., the mid-Atlantic area.
0: Yeah. Everything is Everything such a short flight.
1: You know, yeah. you're right there to New York, New Jersey, yeah. Philly, Chicago, everything's no, right there. I'm, I'm
0: going to do this, and yeah. then uh, my next step is the Giants come out to D.C., play the Nationals in July, but before that, I'm going to get down to Baltimore to or up to Baltimore go Camden Yards. That's on my list as well of places to see because i just love stadiums especially the older ones like newer ones i'm not too interested like i'm not super psyched to see the new yankee stadium because I've, I've heard a lot of negative stuff it's just all corporate bullshit you know i did get to go to the old yankee stadium once i got to see cool. Cle- yeah i got to see roger clemens pitch against the the twins and eric milton if anyone remembers eric milton he threw a no hitter once i'll just claim to fame the fame okay. tw- yeah, yeah, yeah so um yeah i'm looking forward to doing that stuff but yeah, man. I'm not sure yet. I'm still just banking up this 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 leave time for when I can actually get a flight out to California. But when I do, you and me will be in that room right there that you're at, hopefully, right there. Keeping the seat warm for you, buddy. As you should. Uh, I, I, you will have to spend some
1: time with your wife. Uh, but, yeah. but uh, you know,
0: come on. Just yeah, where right you want to be. Yeah, right there. And remember, you're not allowed to invite her. It's men. No, no. <laughs> I don't think she's ever asked. Well, we never yeah. Oh, I, never Yeah. I've never seen Lily there, so apparently it's no women allowed. I've never seen any woman there. Except we, the bond we actually
1: women. don't like women. We don't allow women.
0: Oh, except the Bond women. Bond chicks. The Bond no, chicks.
1: The good news is that my girlfriend early on told me that uh, that she, she doesn't like the smell of cigar smoke. And I'm like, perfect.
0: Good. Stay away. Eat it. <laughs> it's Thank not for you. Corny. <laughs> All right. Again. I have to go home
1: and cook her dinner.
0: Yep. Exactly. All right. So that says this has been Todd Burleson hanging out. He is involved with Llama Wines. I highly recommend and suggest that you please check out his website at llamawines.com. Get yourself a bottle or two. There it is. Bring it to the, there. It is to the left. There it is. Lama wise from the mighty region of Bolivia, llama. and with a little llama, yeah, into llama, which is kind of cool because is it llamas or alpacas that are all over California? Like there's those farms. Oh shit, he's frozen again. So we'll see if he can come back in because I don't want to just like end this without Todd being unfrozen, or or frozen. Is it frozen? And or unfrozen? Let me let him know that he's frozen again. Too much movement. Too much movement, bro. You're frozen again. Too much movement. Frozen again. Um, but yeah, so that is Todd Burleson, llama wines, great stories, fun guy to hang out with. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed this specific episode with him, like hanging out with a buddy at all times. Cause that's, that's my dude. And it's cool to kind of, kind of bring you guys into <laughs> something that I normally do. Uh, this is kind of like an, 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 uh, an average night when the two of us get together and hang out back in the old wonderful city of Napa. So, again, like and subscribe. You can follow me at EricTWBB, and that will do it for us tonight.